Coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, we talk about short-term keto with Coach Tara Garrison. You made me smile because I'm like, wait a minute. So the optimal of human metabolism means that you literally can't eat an entire macronutrient or you feel like crap and that's the optimal of human metabolism. I don't see it that way. I see you can eat carbs and feel awesome and you can be keto and feel awesome. That is to me the optimal human metabolism. It's like flexible AF. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper. I'm excited to share Tara Garrison with you today. She is so lovely. She's so much fun. Not only does she have an awesome attitude and a great way of communicating, She's so knowledgeable. And her story is so freaking inspiring. Wait until she opens up and shares her struggles about being in a religion that she really didn't resonate with and being in a society that didn't want her to live on purpose with her purpose and what she did to overcome that, some of the challenges she had, and how she's now living on purpose with her purpose and how she started to be unapologetically herself honoring what is best for her. It's going to be so inspiring when you hear it. We're going to talk about the discomfort that you have to go through when you make changes and how that's temporary and what you can do to make substantial changes in your life to live a life of healthiness, happiness, and how to align with your truth. And then, of course, we get into her new book, Short-Term Keto, a four-week plan to find your unique carb threshold. So go get it on Amazon. We're going to put a link down below in the podcast notes. It is an awesome book and it complements my book, Keto Flex, very well. Our books complement each other very, very well. We both align with so many things when it comes to keto. We're going to talk about why we love keto, but you don't want to be in ketosis for the rest of your life. We'll talk about insulin and why insulin is not the enemy and how insulin actually works in the body. Why Tara loves training in the fasted state. She's going to explain the amazing benefits of exercising on an empty stomach. We're going to get into adrenals and salt, the importance of sodium on the ketogenic diet. And then we get into something she calls carb phobia. Once you do keto and you feel so good, and I tell you, let's do a flex day. And and Tara tells you, let's do a carb cycling day. There could be some carb phobia. We'll talk about that. And then when you should try implementing, or I should say when you should start implementing carbohydrates back in after you've been doing keto for quite some time. So you're going to love this episode all about keto, keto flexing, keto cycling, and her amazing book, Short Term Keto. Hey, before I bring Tara Garrison on the show, for you to be blessed by her presence, I do want to get to the Apple Podcast rating and review of the day. This is a five-star review from G-R-H-S-E-F-R-H titled The Best. I love, love, love the Keto Camp podcast. I can tell that Ben cares about people's health and well-being. Not only does he share excellent, professional, groundbreaking experts in nutrition and physical health, Ben offers great pathways and advice for quality mental health and well-being. I love the fact that every podcast gives relevant information that can be implemented day one. I implemented a new technique or a skill after each podcast. That is so awesome. Thank you for seeing me uh, in such a, a wonderful way. We do talk about physical health, 
but we got to talk about mental health and exercising before exercising. We always sprinkle that in. I'm so glad you're enjoying the episodes and kudos to you for taking action on what you're learning. That's what it's about. We don't need more information. We need more action takers. And you are an action taker because the world does not reward intention takers. The world rewards action takers. And you are an action taker. Thank you for leaving that rating and review. If you have not left the Keto Camp Podcast a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, please do so today. Maybe I'll read your review on the next episode. Okay, let's have an amazing and fun conversation with Tara Garrison. Tara Garrison is the founder of Hire, a luxury health coaching experience for high performers that includes training, nutrition, biohacking, and mindset coaching. She has helped many professional athletes, celebrities, and top executives optimize their health. She is the creator of the popular Keto In-N-Out system in which she teaches how to do keto, not forever, to optimize metabolism, brain power, athletic performance, and physique. As the host of the Inside Out Health podcast, she interviews world-class health and mindset experts from all over the world. Tara's a mom of four, an avid weightlifter, Boston marathoner, and a lover of nature. You can find her daily on Instagram as at Coach Tara Garrison, where she shares the inner workings of her life, health education, and motivation. She is certified through the National Academy of Sports Medicine, International College of Applied Nutrition and Strength, and MI40, and is a certified functional strength coach, neurotyping coach, and metabolic and analytics practitioner. Here is Tara Garrison. Tara Garrison, welcome to the Keto Camp Podcast. Yeah, what's up, Ben? Thank you for having me. I've been watching this Keto Camp for so long. It's cool to be on it now. I'm on the other side. <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful to have you on. It's a long time overdue. It really is. We have connected a lot offline and then we met in person in Orlando. And I just love your energy, your vibe, your enthusiasm. And it's perfect timing because you have a brand new book coming out called Short Term Keto. And I was just telling you offline that the book is so well done. The graphics in here, the illustrations, and of course, the information is amazing. And we're going we're gonna to dive deep into the book. But before we do, I have a question for you. How does somebody who I consider you know, a world-renowned keto coach, a health coach, a fitness expert in this space, what you're doing today is incredible. But how do you go from being somebody who wanted to be a Spanish teacher, uh, somebody who grew up in the Mormon faith, somebody who struggled with weight? having trouble losing the weight after your fourth baby specifically. How do you go from all those challenges in your life to doing what you're doing today, Tara? Finally started listening to myself <laughs> and unapologetically honoring what was best for me. So yeah, I mean, weight was an issue for me since third grade. You know, and I did. I grew up Mormon. I actually loved being Mormon when I was Mormon. I didn't know any different. I was raised in it. I grew up in Virginia, moved to Utah to go to the Mormon college, you know, got married at the 20 years old, had four kids, live in the Mormon life, live right in front of the Mormon temple here in Utah. I was a stay-at-home mom, even though like, I, I mean, I love being a mom. I love my kids more than my own life. But being a stay-at-home mom was definitely not in alignment with my personality. But it was very like, um, it's like, if you can at all do that, it's very pushed in the Mormon church, right? So it was like, out of pretty much like guilt and obligation. I mean, I think, most moms would want to stay at home probably. But for me, like it's there was no balance for me there. Like I kinda, I lost myself in it. And I felt sad and depressed. I was trying so hard to like maximize it. But it just like, I did not feel fulfilled on a personal level. And so I just gained more and more weight. Um, I had four, you know, after my fourth, I, I was still doing some things, you know, I was running marathons. <laughs> I was doing like, I call it the story of a woman. It's like, I'll just run. And I saw just... some photos of you back then when you were yeah. running marathons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'll just, I'll just do workout classes and I'll run. <laughs> right. Which is like, there's a lot of women still doing that. And that's why I like to share my message with them. Like, I mean, you can do that if that's fun for you. But like, if you want a body composition change, it's not the the most ideal route, in my opinion. So anyway, I truly got into weightlifting purely out of not wanting to drop my kids off in the middle of the day to this daycare at the gym. And it's this huge, like two and a half hour ordeal by the time we get done. And I was like, oh, it's taking up my whole day with my kids. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna quit that. And I'm gonna join this little like $10 gym down the street for me. And all they had was weights and like some treadmills and ellipticals and stuff, right? So it was like, that's it. There's no classes. There's no nothing. It's just like, you're gonna have to learn to lift weights, or you're just only gonna go on the treadmill, you know? So I 
did. So I like asked a trainer friend, I'd love to share this story. Sorry if anybody's heard me before share it, but it's just if you haven't, I'd love to share this because so many people are afraid to get started at the gym. They feel like everybody's looking at them. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I just, there's all these barriers. I asked a trainer friend of mine, I'm like, how did you get your arms like that? She had nice arms. She's like, Oh, here, I'll show you. So we're standing in my backyard. I literally, she's sitting in my kid's swing and she's like, go like this. And I'm, so I'm writing on notebook paper, arms out to sides, arms out to front. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'm calling it like bend over on the bench thing and like pull, you know, <laughs> I mean, like, I didn't even know what these exercises were called. I brought that piece of paper to the gym with me for three months straight. That is all I did. And I like, it's not ideal for circadian rhythm. I don't really recommend this, but at the time I didn't know any better. So I'd put my kids to bed and then I would go. And I started to look forward to that. It was like all day. It was like, Oh my gosh, it's almost bedtime. Oh yeah. Okay. It's seven early to go to bed. Yeah. You guys are tired, right? Okay. <laughs> like it was like me time finally, you know, <laughs> and I'm listening to music and I'm having fun in there. So that's how it all started. Eventually I started, you know, looking on bodybuilding.com for like five best back exercises, you know, and I started, <laughs> There. <laughs> <laughs> started getting nerdy about it, figured out what a deadlift was and how to squat. And it became like this kind of a fun new hobby. About eight months into that, I was so consistent. I was loving it so much. I was in there like every day. I felt like I was like a bodybuilder or something. And I saw a picture of myself at a family reunion and I looked exactly the same. And I was like, what? No. And so that's when the nutrition piece came in. And so I started mm -hmm. eating more whole foods, boosting my protein. And man, I, wow, once the nutrition piece came in, like I was probably close to like 40% body fat when I started that journey. I dropped down to 11% body fat, wow. tons of muscle. I didn't know I got that lean. Um, then I found keto after that. So that was my journey into keto. And I was really interested in from the biohacking, brain optimization, metabolic benefits of it. I did experience all of those things. I'm super grateful for what happened in my mind, my ability to respond only to biological hunger. For me, I'm, I'm a very intense athlete. So like I love intensity and I love like metabolic workouts that are very glycolytic. So it was fine. I was strict keto for a year. Some of that went down. I did lose some muscle and I actually gained some body fat during that time. But some of that was intentional because I didn't realize I was only 11% body fat. I wanted to be higher. But that was my experience. And when I came off of it, wow, my athletic performance went back up. I actually dropped back down to 12.8% body fat without even like tracking or trying. I was just like, my athletic performance went so high. And for me, carbs are, are satiating. So I'm a little different. And that's what the book is about. I love keto, just like you. Like keto is so cool. And I, I, I want everyone to know about keto. So that's why the whole first chapter of my book is like, here's why keto is awesome. And it's a smart move. And then the rest of the book is about here's some considerations of things that like is keto a long term lifestyle fit for you? Here's some things to consider in terms of neurotransmitters, how it affects our serotonin, GABA, dopamine, also like, you know, glycogen and supporting athletic performance. Of course, you know, the longer you're adapted on keto, the better that can get. But in general, a lot of people will do better on very glycolytic activities. Not everyone. <laughs> There's so many caveats, you know what I mean? When it's it's like, so hard to address it's everybody. So hard in to generalize. It's like, well, if they have a totally. lot of inflammation, it's probably going to go. You know? Yeah, if they have leaky gut, they may want to consider carnivore. It's like, oh my gosh. So it's like, it's like I want to keep it simple, but I also don't want to like make blanket statements because there's so much yeah. bioindividuality. But anyway, my point is, you know, um, it was a positive experience for me. And at that time, this was like in 2018, I realized there was not any of this messaging. Like it was kind of like keto was the only way forever for everybody. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to open up the conversation about like, well, what if you're not feeling as great on keto anymore? Like, why might that be? And what things might you want to consider, you know, and how like, there's a lot of fear of carbohydrates, because people start feeling better generally when they go keto, right? So it's like, I'm never eating those things. Those things like made like ruined my life, you know what I mean? And so it's restoring like healthy, I always say, when you start eating carbs after keto, it's going to still pretty much feel like keto with only some healthy carbs. It's not like we're eating Doritos and cake and all this. It's just like, it's like a, your steak meal. Now you had like a little bit of sweet potato with it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's not wildly different. So yeah, anyway. So for me, that was kind of like my, my fitness journey. I actually, when I got more healthy and fit, I call it my accidental personal awakening. I mean, I just felt like my mind started 
working at Full Tilt, I started becoming more confident. I started asking more questions. I started listening to myself. As I mentioned, I started questioning my religion. I actually had the courage to like listen to myself more than this. You can't look into that because that's bad and Satan's going to get you a message. It was really truly what I grew up with. Like It was like, don't look at anything except what we give you. And I finally had enough inner strength to be like, you know what? No, I'm going <laughs> to... I have some questions I want answered and I'm going to look them up. Took me three weeks of I was like as Mormon as it gets. I was in leadership. Like everyone I knew in my whole world was Mormon. I did not know a single person who wasn't Mormon, and I was had a very rich social circle. Within three weeks, I was like, I'm never ever ever going back to that place, and that was my truth. And I definitely don't regret it. It was traumatic, I would say, to go through socially. Like I literally lost like everyone I knew, and was kind of like this lone (laughs) being for a minute there, um, trying to figure out life, looking through a new lens. It, it truly fractures your sense of reality. When you leave a religion that you've been believing is you're looking at life through this lens of reality. And then that's taken away. And you're like, you don't even know what reality is anymore. Like it's that it's that like, devastating for people who have been really bought into these kind of all encompassing religions. And then I got divorced three months later, because I realized the only reason I was in that was because of Mormonism. It's very shamed to be divorced. And so it was like a pretty traumatic life change. But it's been about, you know, five, six years since then. And I like to share that story just because I would go through it a million times over again to be where I'm at now living my life of truth and like integrity with myself and what feels right to me. Yeah, if if anybody's listening, and they're like, you have something going on in your life that your soul is like, please make this change, please, please, please. And you're like, No, what will people think? What will people say? Do it, you know, and so um, I'm grateful to health and fitness because it is really was the catalyst. Like I truly feel that getting more healthy in my mind helped me to be able to step into a life of alignment for myself. Ah, now your your story is amazing. I'm sure so many could relate to what you just shared. I, I love how you said I started asking more questions, and I know that Dr. John Demartini says all the time the quality of her life is based off the quality of your questions. So you started asking questions and you wanted to get answers to those questions. But then but then, when you found those answers, you saw your truth and your authenticity and what you wanted to do. But then you had to actually make that hard decision and decisions to start making those changes with people looking at you, probably scolding you, making comments in your face behind your back. And you went through it and you said you would do it again and again and again to live a life on purpose with your purpose like you're doing right now. That's amazing. Uh, I consider you a three percenter, Tara, because ninety-seven percent of the population probably won't do that. They probably have something going on in their life right now. They know it's not working for them. It's not serving them. Yet they're doing it because others expect them to do it. So, what would be a word of advice for that person listening who knows the life they're living right now, the job, the relationship, whatever it is, it's not inspiring to them, and there's something they want to do but they haven't made that decision. They say they're going to do it on January 1st and now they don't do it. What would you say to that person? I would say it's a temporary stressor to be able to live life in a completely alternate reality that is the life of your dreams because the life of your dreams is a life of alignment with yourself and your authentic self. And so like, I look at it as like, okay, if you knew that you just had to climb a wall in order to get to paradise and you were living in hell, but it's hard it's going to be hard to get over this wall. Maybe it's got some freaking, you know, glass and shards and it's going to cut you a little bit and it looks scary. And it's like, but on the other side of that thing, you get to live in paradise now forever. I think it's remembering that it's a temporary stressor. You know, my um, 11 year old (laughs) said just in passing, we're driving around in the car and he's going on and on and on about something in the middle of a sentence. He goes, yeah, because life is just so much better now than when you and dad were married. Right. And I was like, It was a moment for me. He just kept talking and I was like, wow, you know, Um, and it is, it is. And it was so stressful. It was so stressful. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be stressful, but it's not going to be stressful forever. And if you kind of like parallel it to gaining muscle per se, yeah, the actions that are, it's going to be required for you to gain muscle. It's going to be real uncomfortable. It's going to suck a little bit, right? But on the flip side of that, like your body is so good at maintaining muscle, like you reap that reward for that little bit of discomfort, you get so much reward for so long. And so I think it's just remembering that it's temporary, this discomfort that you have to go through to honor yourself. Sometimes it's it's temporary, you know, and even that act itself, it trains you of I show up for myself, 
no matter what. Like how I see myself matters way more than how everyone else sees me. And truly going through that experience is like why this book exists. Because when I started having these feelings, I was actually at KetoCon in like 2018. And these women, I had three women come up to me and like they were telling me all the things they were trying and keto wasn't working well for them anymore. And they were like gaining weight and everything they had tried would be like everything I would recommend, right? It was like they had thought of everything. And I was like, have you tried like reintroducing carbohydrates? And they looked at me like deer in headlights. It was like (laughs) war in church. It was like, no, you didn't. Because like people were not even barely like I had barely heard anyone talk about even cyclical or targeted ketogenic diet. Like no one was talking about that. At that time, it was like ketones are the superior fuel source. And like anybody who doesn't know that is stupid. And like, yeah, it was like their sugar burners, the car burners is almost like this derogatory, like you're dumb if you don't realize like ketones are the only way, you know? So like to say something like that at that time, especially at KetoCon, like they were like... (laughs) what are you talking about right now? You know, and like, I I got home and that really impacted me. And I was like, are we being reasonable here? Are we being open minded? Or are we so plugged into like, we're right, this is better, that we're not even being open minded anymore. And it reminded me of being Mormon. It reminded me like, no, we know better. We're closed minded. We're not even going to consider that any other way except this way could be the right way. And I was like, and meanwhile, I had just reintroduced carbs and had that huge, everything was going back up. So it was like everything, I got a huge positive response when I started keto. And then after doing it for a year, when I brought cars back and I got a huge positive response, right? Because anyway, it's just extremes and dieting can kind of go that way, right? Somebody goes vegan and they're like, oh my gosh, I feel better. Three years later, they're like, I feel like crap, you know? <laughs> so um, anyway, all I'm saying is it was super scary to start talking about this. Like I was intimidated. I thought I was going to be ousted out of the keto. It was like, I, I'll never forget. I put a sweet potato on my Instagram. I'm like, I'm going to be, this is it. This is like professional suicide at the peak of like keto frenzy heyday. Like I've got like a waiting list. Everybody wants to work with me. I'm going to put this sweet potato on here and everyone's going to be like, oh, I guess she's not keto anymore. And like, I'm just going to be this forgotten soul and like, like all these fears. And I was like, no, dude, I got to speak my truth. Like, I'm not going to just sit here and say like, keto is the only way ever when I don't really feel that way. So I was like, got to speak my truth. Got to speak my truth. And I'm so proud of myself for doing that because what, a couple years later, I get an offer from Victory Belt to write a book about it. And I was like, dude, good for me. Good for me for speaking my truth back when I felt like the lone person on the island that nobody agreed with, you know, like I was like, good for me. So it's like, I've noticed over and over in my life that when I honor my truth, I get rewarded or things just get better and better. So remember that too, like you're making a scary change in your life. If you're being authentic to your authentic self, it can't go poorly. It can only get better because you're in alignment. And when you're in alignment, people are attracted to that. Good things come in. So yeah, like I'd say if you're going through a change, you're resisting a change in your life, you're most likely blocking like everything that you really want in your life because of this like fear. So it's like got to get past it. Mm. So true. So important. These are life lessons, not just diet or nutrition lessons. You're, You're right about the keto space in general, being very dogmatic. Now, it's a little bit more flexible with your work and some of the things that I put out there, which is great. People are now more receptive to the message. But like you, I spoke at a conference. I'm not going to name it, but it was a a low-carbohydrate conference. And uh, I was not invited back because my message was not what they wanted to hear. They wanted to hear keto for the rest of your life. And I was like, "Uh, I think we should be keto sometimes, maybe most of the time, but not all the time. What if you're a woman? And I was not invited back, right? So I spoke my truth and you're speaking your truth. And when you speak your truth, when you live in authenticity and you're authentic, then all these opportunities come into play. The, The publisher, Victory Belt Publishing, reached out to you. They're like, hey, we want you to write a book, which means the world wants this message. They wouldn't partner with you if this was a message the world didn't want to hear. So I love that, uh, Tara. It's amazing. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, align with your truth. Then it goes with diet and exercise too. Like I can't tell you so often as, as a coach, I feel like I'm just giving people scientific backing for what their intuition was already telling them. Mm. Right? They're like, 
oh, I really feel like, you know what? I feel like I just need to like stop exercising for a little bit and just sleep more. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, you think? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you only have hypothyroidism and you're super inflamed and your CRP is off the charts and you're exhausted and like you want to take naps all day. Like you think? (laughs) Something's got to change. Here's how it works scientifically. You know what I mean? So training is inflammatory and you're already inflamed up to here and now you're adding more inflammation and then you can't sleep well because you're overtrained and now you can't recover. And like, they're like, oh, okay. So, but it's like, I can give them that scientific backing, but like they already knew that like on a very basic feeling level, you know? And so just sharing that in light of this whole conversation we've had, like when you get those like really strong feelings, maybe it's like, I need to let alcohol go or even smoking or like whatever. It's like freaking strong in you, or maybe you're keto and like, you're just like not feeling good anymore. And your body's like, please eat carbs. And you're like, no, I lost 100 pounds on keto. Like I'm never eating carbs. Maybe hire a coach, you know, like we'll talk to Ben about that or something. But like, I feel like that, like when our soul is speaking to us, you hopefully, you know, when it's like your soul and not just like, I feel like carbs now. Today, I feel like carbs. That's a diff- that's different. You I like know? how you change the tone. You change the tone of voice there. <laughs> yeah. Or now I feel like okay, keto. Now I'm now that I'm done with my cheesecake. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. Whatever. Like no guilt or shame about that. But I'm talking about like a deeper feeling of like, hmm, I feel like I need to change my approach here. I feel like a lot more emphasis should be placed on our deep inner knowing of what's best for ourselves. And yeah, sometimes it is nice. It is nice to be able to give people like that scientific backings and they're like, holy crap. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know? And your book talks about that. But you know, some people need that scientific backing. Some people have that intuition, which I think is more important to your point. Sleep is one of the most powerful factors to upgrading your health. It is fundamental and foundational. Great sleep upgrades you on virtually every level. Body fat, muscle mass, mood, brain function, and countless other ways. Feed your body the natural melatonin building blocks and the transformers known as cofactors so that your body naturally produces melatonin. Thanks to a brand new sleep formula developed by my friends over at Bioptimizers, you can experience the best sleep ever. I've been using this and it's one of my favorite sleep products. After years of trial and error, they finally launched a new groundbreaking sleep formula called Sleep Breakthrough. Sleep Breakthrough is a delicious sleep drink that supports your natural melatonin production and relaxation without creating a dependency so you can have your best night's sleep on demand. It targets five different sleep pathways to give you the best sleep ever. You'll fall asleep in minutes. You'll stay asleep throughout the night. It helps you get the right amounts of REM sleep and deep sleep. And best of all, you'll wake up feeling rested and rejuvenated so you can go and have the best day possible. Keto campers have an exclusive opportunity to get this product. If you head over to sleepbreakthrough.com slash ketocamp, in addition to the discount they're giving you by using the promo code KETOCAMP10, you can unlock special gifts with purchase with retail values at least $20. This is a limited time offer for selected orders. So Keto Camper, head over to sleepbreakthrough.com slash ketocamp right now. Use the coupon code KETOCAMP10 at checkout and go get your sleep on. Uh, let's let's get into your book. You could get it on Amazon. Is there somewhere else you want them to get it, Tara? Or is Amazon where you want them to get it? Amazon's easy. If you guys want my top 100 keto recipes for free with the book, go to taragarrison.com and just click on book. Or you can do shorttermketobook.com directly. And then you can... Um, all the links, Barnes & Noble and all the things are on there. And you can get that free download as well. So probably shorttermketobook.com is the easiest place to go. Shorttermketobook.com. So for those listening on the podcast, go ahead and pre-order as well. We're going to drop a link in the in the notes down below. So the, the book is amazing. Uh, let, let's talk about it. There's a lot of synchronicity between this book, Short-Term Keto and Keto Flex, which they pair nicely. So if you haven't gotten Keto Flex, get them, put them both in the cart. There's a few things I want to talk about. Of course, you have a chapter about why you love keto and we don't really have to convince my audience. They love it too. So we'll, we'll skip that part. You already explained why it's so beneficial, but I love chapter two. So if keto is so awesome, why not stay keto forever? You kind of mentioned a few things, but in that chapter, you go a little bit deeper. So I'd love for you to kind of touch upon the main reasons why we don't want to be in ketosis for the rest of our lives. Okay. And it, and you might be, right? I For me, it's like, 
I just love it. And I like have no desire to change. And I feel freaking amazing. Like just stay keto as long as you want. I'm, I'm appealing more to the people that are like, dude, this is not feeling as good as it used to. And like, I just my energy levels are drained and zapped. And I like actually feel kind of moody, or I'm not sleeping well, or like, dude, my digestion has been so messed up since I've been keto, like stuff like that, right? There's, there's some things pulling at you. So one of the things that I really like to talk about in terms of nutrition is how it impacts our neurotransmitters and our mm-hmm. mental health. So that's one thing I dive into in the book. And I feel like more people, it would be beneficial for more people to hear about this. So when you eat a diet that is mostly fat and carbohydrates, sorry, sorry, please don't do that. Then you are obese. <laughs> then you're obese. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Your hair that's falls good, out and you're obese. That's a good, that's a good way to <laughs> fix, fix that. Good job. <laughs> so uh, fat and protein. Okay. So when your diet is which keto, right? So um, mostly fat and protein your body is going to favor dopamine production. So tyrosine and tyrosine is the amino acid that is the precursor to dopamine. And then there's other precursors, but we'll just stick with the big hitters. So tyrosine and then uh, tryptophan for serotonin. And when you eat a diet that's mostly carbs and protein, you will favor serotonin production. The trip, so tryptophan and tyrosine. So tyrosine, dopamine, tryptophan, serotonin, they compete to get across the blood-brain barrier. So in a nutshell, what I'm trying to explain is like, let's say you are a person who had low dopamine levels. Type 2 diabetics have low dopamine levels. Even pre-diabetics, it's, they go hand in hand having low dopamine. So now you go keto and you've, you've regulated your blood sugar and your dopamine production is going up because you're eating a diet that's high in fat and protein you're going to feel amazing. Like you are going to feel like I can take on the world because dopamine from an emotional standpoint causes us to feel driven, alert. Our brains work faster. We're able to like see from like a 30,000 foot view on life. We actually have energy and we feel more friendly and outgoing. Like that's a good experience, you know? So, and I think a lot of people really enjoy their keto experience. It's not just ketones. Part of that is the dopamine boost that you get when you go keto. It feels really good. But because of that, that competition, your serotonin tends to go down a little bit for most people. And of course, there's bio individuality, but when you're not eating carbs, you're not going to favor serotonin production as much. And so let's take somebody who, let's say they already had really good dopamine levels, like naturally, because people have natural balances um, they're born with, which impacts most of like what we see as personality. And a lot of this work is from Christian Thibodeau, by the way. Um, he's amazing. So tibarmy.com, if you guys want to find Christian. I, he mentored me for a long time. And it, it's his um, neurotyping is, I, I use it in my coaching. Okay, so serotonin, let's say somebody already had naturally low serotonin, they had good dopamine, right? And then they go keto, they're probably not going to feel like that much of a dopamine boost, but they may experience if their serotonin goes too low, they might feel overly emotional, crying a lot, not being able to sleep as well, digestion gets affected. And so like that person may not have as positive of an experience on keto, right? So I like to share that because sometimes it's like, oh, if keto isn't working for you, you're just doing it wrong. There's something wrong with you. But if you know that you've optimized it, maybe you've worked with Ben, you read Ben's book, or you, you know, you've worked with a coach or something like, you know, you got it down and you're feeling like that serotonin, low serotonin might be an issue. And then we want to talk about people who already have like chemical imbalances, anxiety disorders, mental health issues, and serotonin drops too low, like that could be a potential problem that people want to be aware of. So I'm just creating some awareness around how our nutrition impacts our neurotransmitters. Now, GABA is also, you know, ketone bodies, as I'm sure you've taught before, is our GABAnergic. So let's say somebody who has high glutamate, So glutamate and GABA play off each other. And the experience that we feel with these are if your glutamate is an excess, you feel very anxious and very like high strung. And GABA is like the brakes on our brain. It helps us feel cool, calm, collected, not overly worried about stuff. And so glutamate converts into GABA, right? So if that conversion is low, and some people have genetic predispositions to have a low glutamate to GABA conversion, and then they go keto or they're drinking a lot of ketone drinks, which also can help with the GABA production. And so now they went from this like high anxiety person to like, I'm cool and chill, like they're gonna love that feeling, right? (laughs) Like, that's gonna be really beneficial. But also sharing that that if you don't have any issues with that, 
you know, like you're not going to feel like as amazing on keto as like maybe the person next to you. So just trying to create some awareness of like, one of the reasons from an emotional and mood standpoint, people don't always have the same experience on keto. And that's why I think we have some keto zealots like this is, I'm telling you, it is the best. And the other person's like, no, it's not. I think this is part of the reason for that is how they impact our neurotransmitters and how we feel daily. So So how do you recommend? That's a great breakdown, by the way. I love that you you consider that because a lot of people don't. How do you recommend testing for that and your neurotransmitters? And let's say somebody has low serotonin, for example, they're doing keto, they don't feel great. What would be some of the things you would recommend for that person? Okay, so testing for neurotransmitters is tough. Like you can, (laughs) because your neurotransmitter levels change all the time. So doing actual physical tests is very difficult. Like like the gut microbiome, right? Very tough to test. Yeah, so the best way that we really have, at least in my opinion, is like through personality testing. So Christian Thibodeau actually has a test for this on his website. If you go to TibArmy, um, dot com, you can do his test. I might be able to get a discount link for that. I'll, I'll check and see. They've okay. been emailing me lately, but I'll let you know. But you can do that test. And it's actually really fascinating because he talks a lot about how he's looking at... So let's say on the test, it's like, I'm, I'm giving it away. But let's say it's like, you're super competitive. That's correlated with dopamine. And I've seen it every single time with my high... The ones who test high and they're super competitive, right? Let's say you love uh, children. You're very like lovey. You love animals and children. That's more uh, typical of someone with higher serotonin. So we're looking for personality manifestations is really the best way that we have. And then you can look at like biofeedback. So yes, Mm. like what are the symptoms of low serotonin? Look them up and and I list them in the book. I go pretty deep into this. And it's like, oh my God, that is me. (laughs) Like do a freaking tea. Then you can try reincorporating carbohydrates and see if that makes an impact, right? So it's difficult to know exactly for sure because we have to go off of biofeedback and, and symptomology. But it is something that I have seen time and time again, especially in my female clients coming off of keto. They're like, dude, I feel so much more balanced now after bringing some carbohydrates in. And then we can talk about adrenals and salt and all that stuff too, because I think that's something a lot of women need to be more aware of specifically. But yeah, I recommend, I mean, I would honestly just recommend doing what I have in the recipe and the recipes in the book because it's a slow, a slow increase in carbohydrates. And you get to see each week how you feel at that level of carbohydrates and then training matches it, you know. So it's like it's a discovery journey if you're looking at, you know, dopamine, serotonin, those kind of things. So adrenals, that's another reason that I want people to just be aware of it. Like Yeah, before before you you get into adrenals and salt. Your book, the second half, because you, you kind of mentioned it, the second half has an entire plan of like how to train, what to eat. And I know that those listening can't see it, but those who are watching it, um, you could see how amazing. I mean, you could see photos of this delicious food. So it gives you kind of like, it's a bulletproof plan, meaning like you don't have to think about it. Just follow the steps in there. That's the second half of the book. So you learn about keto, you learn about why you want to flex in and out. And then she gives you a step-by-step plan. So I wanted to make that clear. That's in the book. Go ahead, Tara, about adrenals and salt. Thanks. And yeah, on that too, I will say like, I'm really big on matching training and nutrition. (laughs) So important. So that's what we're doing is like slowly increasing the intensity as you get more carbs or jet fuel, you know, that you're using those in your training approach to be able to adequately use up the carbohydrates. They're not just coming in as body fat. And also to maximize the results that you get from the gym, like use them intelligently, right? So that's why I was was like, I have to have a training plan in there. <laughs> so I pushed yeah, for that and, one. And I think you're the one who said uh, muscles are like calorie absorbers. Isn't that your, your term there? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. I, let, can I share that real quick? Go I'd love it. to share this. Let's I, do it. This is like the kind of the, it's science-based, but it's, I feel like it's like the mindset shift that a lot of people need to hear if they're considering bringing carbohydrates in, you know, and you don't have to forever. It's just like trying keto, like try it and see how you feel. So I feel like there has been this messaging because of what my clients have been telling me. I'm just getting it all the time. That like it's like literally the the concept that the general public or a lot of people have is that if I eat carbs, like my blood sugar just goes up and it just goes straight to body fat. And that's it. That's all that's how it works. Like it, they're literally it's like they're looking at carbohydrates as body fat that you mm-hmm. ingest. <laughs> you they, think, they, they believe insulin is 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 like the devil, right? The enemy. And your book talks about that too. Right. So it's like, no, insulin is not when Mm -hmm. you are diabetic and pre-diabetic. Yeah, like eating carbs is going to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about somebody who's not doesn't have high blood sugar, they have normal blood sugar metabolism that is not 
at all true. Insulin is an energy shuttling hormone. It is not a fat storage hormone. It's an energy shuttling hormone. It takes glucose and it puts it places in our body, not just fat stores. That's actually the last place that it puts it when it can't put it anywhere else. And so this calorie absorbers or carb sponges or, you know, all these words that I've come to try to help people understand this is what happens when you eat a carb? Okay, let's say you have normal blood sugar. Okay, I'm talking to normal blood sugar population. You eat a carbohydrate. It has two places that it can be stored for actually, well, first, whatever your body needs in that moment, you need some brain energy, organs, whatever, sends it all over your body, whatever you need in that moment. And then where does it store the rest of the carbohydrates and your muscles or your liver? And we can store anywhere from like 350 up to like athletes with a lot of muscle, 800, who knows, possibly more grams. Grams, it's a lot of calories, yeah. Yeah, of carbohydrates in our liver and muscles before any of that goes to fat storage. So if you're going to train the next day and you're emptying these buckets, you're you know squeezing out your sponges, using all that glycogen to fuel your athletic performance, you come home, you got empty sponges now, you eat carbs, they just go back into the sponges, they fuel next day's athletic performance. And that's why you see all these athletes and things that are eating a lot of carbohydrates and they're super fit and they're not obese is because of that flow of life. So yeah, if you eat a lot of carbohydrates and you never, you filled up your sponges, they are completely maxed out, your liver's full, your muscles are full, and you never exercise, and then you keep eating carbohydrates, yes, your insulin has nowhere else to put it but fat storage. So that's why you got to be active, right? If you're going to be eating carbs. So that's why I do think keto can be really helpful for the very, very sedentary, especially like, you know, immobile or elderly people like, holy cow, like I would do that, you know, like they're not really using those carbohydrates that much. Like they wouldn't need very many carbs at all to fill their sponges. Like those would last forever, you know? (laughs) Okay. And then fat, I would say the worst place to be long-term is high fat and not keto. So high fat, but not in ketosis. Because when you're not in ketosis, you haven't switched that metabolic flip where your your body's saying, oh my gosh, I got to turn all that fat into ketones and use it to fuel everything. It's running off this little bit of carbohydrate, the little bit of glycogen you're giving. It's like, you know, the little train that could trying to run off bare minimum amount of glycogen. And then it's got this abundance of fat that not that much of is being used for energy. And we don't have a middleman. We don't have fat sponges. We don't want to store fat in our livers. That's fatty liver. We don't want to store fat in our muscles that's associated with metabolic disease. So whatever can't be used in that moment, our insulin actually has nowhere else to put it but fat storage, right? Mm -hmm. So like, that's why I like to educate people is like, if you're going to be lazy keto long term, and you know, you're not really ever in ketosis, but you're just eating a high fat diet, you probably run a high risk of gaining body fat on that approach, because it's not being fat isn't being prioritized as a fuel source. So I say, if you're not going to be actually in ketosis, and like watching that stuff, and like, you know, you're in ketosis, I would actually recommend more of a higher protein, uh, moderate fat and carbohydrate uh, approach. Yeah, great advice. I agree with that. I love the way that you put it. Sponges, right? They have, you know, once you finish up a workout, you have these sponges that could absorb a lot more nutrients and calories. So training according to or eating according to your training, and you do that so brilliantly, the book talks about that is such a smart approach, right? For example, like fasting, you have a section in your book all about different fasting schedules. Uh, I want to kind of hear your thoughts on, let's say, a fasted workout, right? A workout where you're no food that day. Let's say you're working out at noon. If it's a cardio workout, would you stay fasted throughout you know, that workout and maybe a little bit longer throughout the day versus a strength training workout? Maybe you wouldn't go into it fasting. Like, How would you personally uh, approach that, that workout? I always train fasted no matter what I'm doing. I think it's it's super good for the metabolism. Like so one of the hallmarks of healthy blood sugar re- regulation is that you can train fasted in the morning. If you feel like you can't hit a workout without eating first, you have some work to do on your blood sugar regulation, at least from what I've learned. And and that's my experience and what I've seen with clients. So I always train fasted. I hate training after food, actually. I'm the same way. 
I'm kind of thriving off the adrenaline boost that I'm getting from being fasted in that workout. And, you know, eating will bring that adrenaline down, right? Mm -hmm. So like, not to mention blood flow goes to your gut instead of to the weights or whatever. Great point. Exactly. And so yeah, I always train fasted. And I like to push my clients into being able to do that too. And you know, I used to run marathons forever around the Boston Marathon. I, I used to be like the marathon girl, right? Like that was my big thing. I did that forever. And being able to train, run long, long, long distances fasted, but then like on race day using like a little bit of fuel because you're so used to being able to do it fasted. Now, like just a little whether well, when I wasn't keto, those were like (laughs) gels and stuff. And then when I was keto, those were ketones, but having a little bit of like energy boost helper that did help. Right. And so like, if you're an athlete and you're training for something, I still think it's very beneficial to train your body to be able to do without. And so then once you have that little bit of energy boost and you want something fast acting, not like Ben said, is going to make your guts sit there and have to take blood flow away to digest, you know, you want something simple, then it's like jet fuel. Right. Mm-hmm. So I love training fasted. And then, yeah, like I, I like fasting after my workout window, especially if it's just cardio. Oh my gosh, definitely yeah. do that. Definitely do that. Cause you just emptied your sponges and your making it closer for your body to be able to get into ketosis and go in possibly depending on how low carb you are and go into that like healing mode. And if not, you're just you're increasing insulin sensitivity, like Mm -hmm. it's so good for the metabolism. If you're really, 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 really focused on building muscle, like you want that, I would have some like whey protein after your weightlifting session so you can repair, you know, but even on keto, you can get away with maybe a whey protein isolate or whatever, you know, complete protein that responds well with your gut. But yeah, otherwise, like, yeah, fasting after a workout is and training fasted, especially cardio is super smart, in my opinion, for just healthy metabolism long term. Yeah, it's a game changer. My best workouts are when I'm fasted. I just feel so much better. And I do what you just said. If it's a cardio workout, I'm going to stay fasted after that workout for two to five hours. Let human growth hormone keep going up, right? Get the metabolism benefits and then I'll eat. If it's a heavy strength training workout and and I'm in the goal of like building muscle, then I'll have a protein shake. I'll have some aminos. I'll have something that might break the fast, but still support muscle growth. So very important lesson to be learned there. If you could train in the fasted state, whether it's strength training or cardio, and you feel awesome, that is a good sign that your metabolism is doing the things you want it to do and the work that you're doing is working for you, uh, to your point. Hey, Keto Camper, I want to just pause for a second and tell you about my favorite drink for metabolic health. On this podcast, we talk about the importance of metabolic health, metabolic flexibility. Well, this is called Good Idea. And it is a great idea if you're trying to reduce blood sugar and keep your insulin levels in a healthy range. It has zero calories, zero sweeteners, and none of the junk ingredients, and it tastes like a lightly sparkling water. I call it a functional sparkling water because it has been clinically tested and shown to reduce blood sugar spikes after a meal. It contains a blend of amino acids and chromium piclinate. Together, they slow gastric emptying and increase insulin sensitivity, allowing a steady release of glucose in the bloodstream where it can be transferred into the cells for fuel. It also contains zinc and potassium as an added benefit. They hooked you all up with a special coupon code. So all you need to do is head over to goodidea.us and apply the coupon code BEN, that is B-E-N at checkout at goodidea.us. I'm gonna drop that link in the podcast notes along with the coupon code. All right, let's get back to this episode. Now let's switch over to the conversation we're going to have about the adrenals and salt. And you wanted to talk about that. So let's get into that. Okay, so I'm sure you've probably taught this. You're familiar. You know, Jeff Volick and Stephen Finney did that. Uh, they did a study in return terms because people were saying like keto makes you have high cortisol chronically. And I actually became concerned about this too. Just like on the symptomology I was seeing, especially in women, that had been keto for a long time, they seemed very um, like in that chronic adrenal stress, like trapped in the sympathetic nervous system kind of vibe. And I was like, just observing that a lot. So I, I started diving into this. I'm like, what's going on? Does, does it cause high cortisol? Like, and so 
Jeff Bullock and Stephen Finney did a study showing that if you basically in a nutshell, and I share all the details in the book, but basically in a nutshell, if you don't have enough salt on keto, yeah, your kidneys will excrete aldosterone and then you'll start to um, have high adrenaline, high cortisol long-term. So, but this is what also one of my concerns because like I, it's, it's hard to know on the daily day to day, if you got an adequate salt and aldosterone wasn't released from your kidneys, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like we don't actually know that, right? Like, oh, I feel like I'm losing some aldosterone right now. <laughs> oh, there it goes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so it's, this is just more of a word of caution. If you are feeling like, uh, I just had Mindy Pills on my podcast last yeah. week and she's awesome. She she calls it rushing woman syndrome. Yeah, okay. yeah. And, you know, and, and so she, was, she was like that. Right. Yeah. And, and to me, that's like a hallmark of adrenal stress, mm-hmm. right? Like when I think of adrenal stress and like what that looks like in a person, they're like always have to be busy every second. Like they're not okay with like sitting still and being calm. They have to do everything for everybody. They're not willing to just be like, oh yeah, whatever. You know, like they're just like earning value through achievement. They feel overwhelmed a lot. Like those, that's all like how I kind of imagine somebody who's like in adrenal fatigue is just like that rushing woman syndrome. And so like if you're on keto and you're feeling like that, like you got to kind of own it. You're like, yeah, I am kind of like that. The first thing is if you want to stay keto, I would really, really start monitoring your salt intake more quickly maybe do um barton's test you guys does yeah. barton work with you we, you we love barton. That? We, yeah 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 upgraded so, formulas yeah they're actually a sponsor of the podcast so it's perfect yeah perfect yeah so yeah. do that whole thing you know check your salt levels and then you know if that's becoming like a chronic thing especially if you're like you work out a lot and you drink a lot of coffee and like all this diuretic stuff and you're sweating and you're keto like oh my gosh like if that's becoming a long-term thing and you're just feel like you're stuck there, you might want to consider possibly bringing some carbohydrates in because carbohydrates help us maintain sodium balance much easier, you know? And so it's just, it's, it's not like you have to stop doing keto because of that, but it's just like, I want to get the word out there and help people become aware. Like, am I really experiencing that? Do I feel like I'm kind of in like trapped in stress mode on keto? then I might want to consider one, really watching myself or two, possibly reintroducing some carbohydrates and then just yeah. match my training and then you get to eat carbs again. Yay. There you go. It's like a win-win. <laughs> I, I love that. Very important message because salt is is important. Uh, we, we have been... We've demonized salt because of bad misinformation, just like saturated fat <laughs> for seeing this to this day. But especially in the beginning, when you're making the transition from being a sugar burner, we call them, right? To being a fat burner and getting into ketosis, you're going to have that diuresis, that electrolyte dumping because you're lowering insulin and then you lose uh, excess water weight and sodium, potassium, magnesium goes along with it. But even as you're months in, if you're feeling like Tara was saying, you feel like you're rushing all the time, you just feel a little bit off, you're on edge, increase the salt. If you're having coffee every day, you're losing more electrolytes, increase the salt, like throw salt in your coffee. And then eventually we want you to, most people, to start incorporating some healthy carbohydrates and going in and out of ketosis, which your book talks about, which is a good transition. Because here's what I hear all the time, and I know you do because I saw it in your book. I want to do a keto flex day. So I call it a keto flex day, which is just keto cycling, high carb day. You teach it in your book. But I'm scared of bringing back carbs because I think it's going to lead to a month of eating carbs and out of control eating. You call it carb phobia in the book, page 99. I love that. So how do you address the carb phobia? Oh my gosh. I've been calling it that for a long time. I, I personally think I coined that word. I remember making that up. I don't I've know never heard it until I read your book. Up, but... yeah, so I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. So yeah. Okay. Mental and emotional aspects of keto. Oh man, I've been on a journey with this one. I'm not gonna lie. Like sometimes the the one-on-one conversations like this that I have with clients like has made me want to be like, okay, I'm not even teaching keto anymore because I'm so tired of this. Like I I admit that I've gotten to that point sometimes, and I'm like, no, breathe. It helps a lot of people remember all the good stuff. <laughs> but this is a problem, in my opinion, in the keto community. Um, of like it has to be. I feel like we have to foster and such a healthy mindset around the fact that you're not eating carbs when you're doing keto and it's not that carbs are bad. And there's so much of this. I mean, literally we have messaging that carbs are going to kill you. And they're like, like, how fearful is that? Like if you're truly in the mindset that you're going to eat a carbohydrate and it's killing you, like you're not going to want to eat carbs ever, you know? And so I just feel like this messaging has to be so delicate. It's not that carbs are not inherently bad for you. 
I make a big old case for this in the book. I'm like, let's look at all the cultures in the world. China has an obesity rate of 5 to 6%. They eat more rice than any other country in the world. It's only that high because in American fast food cities, it's 20 to 30%. So they would be under 5% obesity rate living off of rice in China. And we're here over here at 42.4% saying carbs make you fat and it's just carbs. And that's the only thing. It's ridiculous. It's not. It's more complex than that. And then, you know, Okinawa, the largest amount of centenarians in the history of the world, they, they the traditional Okinawan diet was 85% carbohydrates. That wow. is insane. So it's not, it's not inherently just carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are not inherently bad for us. It's what's happened to our metabolisms as a result of sitting all day and eating a ton of processed foods and overconsumption and our bodies have lost the ability to just easily and naturally go into ketosis. So if we lived in the wild, we would be in ketosis all the time. You stop eating 16 to 24 hours, you're in ketosis. That that would be normal if we were nomads, you know? And plus like the output we would be giving, you'd be going into ketosis much faster than that because you're like burning through all your glycogen, the little bit that you do have. So it's keto is, is natural as it gets for the human metabolism and we've lost it and that's why people get keto flu and all this stuff it's like dude our bodies are not doing what they are designed to be able to do and that's why i love keto because it gets you back to that natural state that we were designed to be able to do amen so but that doesn't mean carbs are bad and so when ben tells you to have a keto flex day it's intelligently designed because look, actually let's look at nature who i believe is the master teacher what would happen in nature if you came across some carbohydrates and you were starving and you were a nomad, you would freaking eat them and they would support life and they have vitamins and minerals and fibers and all these things that you haven't been getting and you would just go along your merry way and you work out and you would go back into ketosis, you know? And so- I don't know. I, I think the tribe leader would say, we don't eat that. We're keto, bro. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, please. He's like, dude, you could at least get to a 7.0 on your ketones, man. Like, pass it up. <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen. They ate the carbs. There's not one culture in the history of this world, to your point, that stayed uh, with the same diet long-term, including keto. Whenever they had the opportunity, they had right. the carbohydrates. Natural. It was all for survival. We're designed that way, to your point. And I love that you're doing the keto flex because what I've always said is like, when you're up regulating one thing in your body, you're down regulating something else. So keto mm. is a huge pendulum swing and a lot of stuff's getting up regulated and that feels really good. Like your blood sugar management's getting better. Your mood's probably getting better. You're probably dropping inflammation because ketone bodies are anti-inflammatory. Like a lot of stuff's going good. But like your body's ability to, you know, that we're talking about the cortisol and adrenaline and, you know, being able to fuel certain parts of our brain and being able to fuel athletic performance for high intensity intervals and things like that, that's going down, right? So it's like, you're like coming back, you're like pendulum swinging back in the middle for a second. And then it's like, okay, cool. Like, and that's like a much more healthy balance than just like pigeonholing yourself, in my opinion, into an extreme forever unless you have a particular set of issues in your body where that is definitely intelligent, like epilepsy or you know something right. a little more therapeutic like yeah, that. Yeah, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. We're talking about normal... Uh, I shouldn't say normal. Is that the right... What's the PC word? Like just regular blood sugar management, no disease. Yeah, if you don't have a specific condition, then it's ideal for most of you to flex in and out and not stay in that state of ketosis because you're so right. You know, you're going to forget how to burn the other system, which is the sugar burning system. It's not a bad system. If you're always burning fat, you forget how to use the other switch. And Thomas DeLauer talks about that. It's like, and then you start doing the carbs and then it's been so long since you use it. And then you feel awful and you're like, I'm never having carbs again. That's the problem. It yeah, because your your ability to uh, produce enough insulin to handle that goes down and you go into like a diabetic coma and you think that's how it's always... Gonna, I'm sorry, I, sh I'm, I shouldn't use that loosely. I'm so sorry. But like, you know what I mean? You feel like you're like, you literally fall asleep because you can't produce enough insulin. And so then it's like this like belief system of like, the carbs make me feel like crap. And it's like, no, that's not actually what happened. It's just your pancreas isn't used to producing enough insulin to manage those carbohydrates. So you got really sleepy. It's not going to stay that way. And we have a study. It's a rat study, but has shown that that goes away after about two weeks. Right. And I always say exactly, you made me smile because I'm like, wait a minute. So the optimal of human metabolism means that you literally can't eat an entire macronutrient or you feel like crap. And that's the optimal of human metabolism. I don't see it that way. I see you can eat carbs and feel awesome and you can be keto and feel awesome. That is to me, the optimal human metabolism. It's like flexible AF. <laughs> totally. That's the goal. Metabolic flexibility and not being dogmatic. So I love that about your work. 
Well, now, in your book, you talk about when is it the right time to start bringing in the carbohydrates. So in general, I know that it's so specific, but in general, somebody who doesn't have insulin resistance, doesn't have diabetes, they've been doing keto, benefiting from it, when should they start implementing some carbohydrates back in? For me, I like it's very simple biofeedback. And it's like, you're just not feeling that great anymore. I get this a lot, especially from women. And I do think it can be thyroid issues a lot like and, and it's it's not like permanent thyroid issues. It's just yeah, thyroid can slow down a little bit for some people, not everyone though. I've had clients where their thyroid actually went up from being mm-hmm. keto. So it's always different. So you can't make blanket statements. Because like, I think it's because their gut issues got healed and the HPA access function went up or something. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, if you're just not feeling that great anymore on keto, you know, like, you're just feeling like lethargic and just not as much energy like you used to when you're still optimizing salt, you're still doing all those things might be a time for a little bit of switch. Also, if you're just you're just like not getting results anymore, like you started off and things were going like really, really good. And you actually you, you lost up a lot of body fat and you started working out more. And now you're in the gym a lot and stuff. And you're just like not getting body composition changes. I like to remind people you're not in the same body as you used to be anymore. And now you can use carbohydrates intelligently to fuel that athletic performance, they can go in your, your, your sponges, and you can like hit it harder in the gym, and you can drop that fat down a little bit. And now you can start getting easier body composition changes. Another is like, you're just not sleeping well, maybe Mm. you've had diarrhea the entire time you've been keto, and you're just not telling anybody. And it's like, maybe I've, maybe having chronic diarrhea, no matter what I try, is not really working for me, you know, stuff like that, where it's like, you don't sleep well, you're moody, you just you feel kind of sad, sadness, I would watch for that with, you know, um, serotonin. And yeah, just generally, there's a whole list of it in my book, but like something is going on where you're just like, dude, I'm just not really feeling that good. That's when I would I would make a switch and just try, you know, that's four weeks in my book or whatever, however you want to do it. It's four weeks of just like slowly bringing carbohydrates up because I don't want to slam people's guts with too much fiber at once because that can be a barrier and too much carbs at once can be a barrier because you get that drop in uh, insulin secretion. So people, you know, like if you eat like 50 million carbs when you've been keto, you're gonna feel like crap. You're really crap. You can't handle that right now. So it's a slow titration up and like, just try it, you know, just try it for four weeks and see how you feel. And then if you didn't feel better, you can always go back to keto. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You go back to what was working for you. No, I I love how you teach it from the lens of uh, having an an intuition with your body, like having this relationship with your body. And, And it's true because we have mechanisms in our body we have our conscious mind or subconscious mind. It's always giving us clues and signals if something is working for you or against you, right? And we have, we're just not in, in tune with it, uh, you know, as a society because we're a go, go, go society, distracted on social media society. So you, you do a good job of getting them present and okay, let's assess what's going on with your body. Like, do you feel like you're getting brain fog again? Do you feel like you have diarrhea, right? That, that's a prompt. Something needs to change there. So I love how you're teaching this relationship to have this relationship with the body and you're not teaching people to just cut their calories and stay in ketosis. <laughs> we don't yeah. want to do that. No, thanks. I, I ask my body often, what do you need? It's a really cool. I highly recommend it. Just like tap in for something like, what do you need? It's crazy. Like the stuff that will come in and then I actually find out from scientific backing. Like it's like, oh, you did need magnesium. I got my test. That was crazy. Wow. You know? So yeah. What do you need? What do you need? I love that. You know, it's, it's, so, it's so cool. Uh, the body keeps the score. There's a book all about that. You could find the book. What was the landing page to get those complete. free resources? Oh, sorry. I said complete. That's Drew's book. <laughs> That's Drew's book. Because my on. book looks so much like Drew's book. I, I, I texted Drew. I'm like, Drew, I did not have control over this title. <laughs> cover. I'm so Is sorry. Is it the same publisher or different publisher? Than different Drew? publisher. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't pick this up. Like they told me to take this picture. I'm, I was like, Drew, I was laughing. We're friends. So he, he I know you are. Yeah. It. I love okay. Drew. <laughs> Shorttermketobook.com. <laughs> Shorttermketobook.com. So there you go. Um, we'll put a link for it down below. Get the book. Uh, I think it's going to change your life. Buy it for you. Buy it for a friend. Gift it to somebody. Do you plan on doing the audio version as well? I don't know yet. I would love to because <laughs> I'm an audio version. I, I need to ask the publisher about it, but I, there's no plans for that right now. It's a beast to record the audio. Oh, so if you do wow. it, but I think I think you should because a lot of people like you, they listen to the books and right. you, you'd help more people. So I I think they would say, yeah, let's do it. So where else can they find you, Tara? List your social medias, your website, all that. 
Coach Tara Garrison everywhere. Instagram is my main, my main home address. <laughs> um, follow me in stories. I give a lot of ideas in Instagram stories. If you're unfamiliar with those, check them out. Little circles at the top. Um, TikTok, I'm growing <laughs> my TikTok. I'm not growing my TikTok as much as you are though. Holy cow. I checked yours out. I was pretty, that's pretty awesome. But I, I love know- your TikTok though. It's so fun. You got a lot of fitness workouts on there. Thanks. Yeah, lots of workouts on my TikTok. And then uh, taragarrison.com is my website. And awesome. you can find me for on everything from there. And oh, little, I do have Inside Out Health podcasts. I got to say, because Ben's coming on there soon. So yeah, Inside go, Out Health. Go subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> We're going to put, uh, Rachel from our team is going to put all of the information that Tara just shared, all the links down below, including where to get her book. Highly recommend you get her book and show her some love. Go follow her on Instagram and the little circles. It's the stories. She has some great stories on there on TikTok. We'll put your TikTok handle down below. Tara, I want to I wanna acknowledge you. Um, and say thank you for choosing your authentic self back in 2015, 2016, when you had that major life transition. Thanks. Not only did that decision serve you and your future and your kids and your future relationships, but, or I should say, and it's serving so many people and it will continue to serve millions and millions of people in this world because of that decision you made to choose yourself. So thank you for being bold and choosing yourself and giving us permission to choose ourselves and also helping us develop a strong, healthy relationship with our body, both mental, physical. And I just love what you're doing. And I and I love that we know each other. So thank you for coming on the yeah. show and for your amazing work. Thank you. That means a lot. Thank you so much, Ben. Thanks for having me. And thanks everybody who listened. I hope you enjoyed that amazing conversation with Tara Garrison. I told you she is so awesome. Go get her book, Short-Term Keto. We have a link down below and go follow her on Instagram, social media. We have all that information down below in the show notes. Maybe you could take a screenshot of this and tag us both on your Instagram stories at the Benazadi at Coach Tara Garrison. If this episode was valuable to you, please consider sharing it with a friend, copy and paste the link into a text message, send it to somebody you love. And please leave the Keto Camp Podcast a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to the entire episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. I'll see you on the next one. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.